0: we know that there's a future where people are have computers running on their heads that are driven by brain activity like, come on that's the future we yeah. all know that i think there is a need for like entrepreneurial rap you know i think there is a need for that i think that's a, a market that that needs to be
1: tapped into yeah so Heck, I, I can yeah. do it looking at the money going up like i'm never gonna stop like i'm always there on the top get your money up
2: Okay, AJ, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. This, one, this one's been a long time coming. We've been, we've been trying to get this to, to happen for a while, and I'm happy we finally made it
0: happen. Yeah, I've been seeing it happen right
2: behind me. Literally right behind. <laughs> so for reference, AJ sits right here. So you might have probably seen him in like half of our episodes at this point. <laughs> you were in Toronto last week. Yeah, yeah. What were you doing there?
0: I was working with the contract manufacturer who makes our hardware, uh, working on like the assembly line, trying to speed it up, get more crowns out the door.
2: Crown. So Eric, can you pass the headset? So this, for, for the audience, this is called the Neurosity Crown. Yep. What does it do? So the crown uh, measures
0: EEG and essentially creates like a meter for concentration. So you're able to understand, you know, how concentrated you are versus, uh, you know, how not concentrated you are. So it's like a speedometer is useful in your car when you got to get up to highway speed. This is useful when you got to get up to thinking speed, like for programmers.
2: That's so, how does it work? So it, uh,
0: measures the electrical activity going on inside your head, uh, sits on top of it. And then, uh, we're able to make actionable, you know, uh, insights into what's going on, whether the energy is, uh, you know, the particular type of energy that is useful for completing complex tasks is actually increasing. Uh, is it decreasing? Is it sustaining? Uh, if you're not able to increase this particular brainwave, you're going to have a really hard time completing that task and getting into flow. So we can monitor that and now we're really learning Like, when you give the brain a stimulus, what's the result of that? How does the brain change when you play music? Uh, How does it change when you play music A versus music B? Is the brain able to organize itself and be able to get into that concentrated state?
2: Wow, how long did it take to build something like that?
0: We're certainly standing on the backbones of like research that's been done for for a long time. Uh, I've been working on this since 2015, uh, full-time. End of 2015, I left Boeing And I've been doing this full time to make the hardware. This is like our third generation hardware. Uh, So really the company was started in 2018, but had already been working on the IP to make this headset uh, as early as like 2017.
2: And so what were you doing at Boeing before?
0: I was a robotics engineer, uh, working to automate the assembly of airplanes.
2: What's it like working at Boeing?
0: It's amazing to see how quality can be maintained at scale across teams uh, on huge projects that are worth $300 million a piece. Uh, You know, to be able to go stand in front of these airplanes where, you know, you look up and you're not even at the bottom of the engine uh, and these things are being made out of carbon fiber, you know, next gen technologies. uh, It's really impressive to see uh, and to learn about how uh, you can put quality over everything. You can put quality over deadlines, you know, and it's okay to push back the deadline if it means the quality is going to be higher.
2: Have you ever flown on like a plane that you kind of helped build?
0: I don't think I ever got to the, I was too junior. That was kind of the issue I had working at such a huge company. was that like, I didn't feel like the work I was doing was meaningful enough. I was uh, measuring holes that a robot drilled with a manual measuring thing, uh, measuring apparatus. So making sure that the robot like drill bit wasn't wearing out too fast and things like that, because uh, that can really affect the quality. Once again, if your drill bit wears out after the 90th hole, you want to get a better, you know, you need to know you need to replace that drill bit on Mm -hmm. 80. And it just wasn't that uh, meaningful. But I did just fly, when flying to Toronto, I did fly on a 787 Dreamliner, which was the planes that we were building in uh, South Carolina. So it was awesome getting to fly on it. That's oh, crazy. Dope. That's yeah.
3: Dope.
2: And so one thing that's kind of interesting is when you left Boeing, you said you started kind of full timing on Neurosity. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to build a hardware product when, you know, it seems like everyone else goes the software route, like Brain.fm, we've talked about them. They went like the full kind of software route.
0: I did try going the software route, so I failed going the software route. I failed to be able to produce um, reliable enough software that was useful on a daily basis for uh, consumers, for the mass market. There just wasn't the hardware that existed. Um, You know, I know the future of software in this space uh, is led by great hardware, and that hardware just didn't exist. So I, I normally say Neurosity exists because it has to. Would
3: you say that's more of a timing issue then with the software
0: not working out? Certainly, but the things that we're trying to do are physically possible, just technologically not feasible yet. Mm. So my thing now is can I make these things that are physically possible, technologically feasible, Mm. uh, you know, through hardware innovation?
2: What does it even look like from like a mental perspective? How do you think about or how do you go about building something that hasn't been built before? Like when you design a UI, I'll go look, if I'm designing a profile page, I'll go look at existing profile pages. You can't exactly do that, can you?
0: No, definitely not. Um, You can certainly look. Uh, My co-founder right now is in this phase where he's not looking at competition, specifically so that he doesn't get distracted by what's been done, but he can really lean into uh, his instincts and user feedback to drive the innovation. So um, I think the biggest thing that we wanted to do was constrain the problem uh, to understand, you know, how can we actually go about solving this? What were the things that we cared about? And then the, the form really took itself uh, from there. You know, we knew that we wanted to have something that looked fashionable, that, you know, amplified your personal brand, didn't take away from it. So that if you were wearing it at the office, you know, is this something that you were proud to wear? Is this something you put on your desk that's part of your, you know, identity when you're programming? Uh, you know, that was something that we were really striving for Uh, because we wanted to have that mass market adoption type feel to it. Um, So that really led like the initial design. And my co-founder has an amazing background uh, in, you know, design and visual uh, storytelling and things like that. So he was really able to take, you know, um, from uh, like an organic animal perspective, he looked at like the ram's horns and saw how that actually was, it could potentially wrap the head. You know, when you look at rams fighting, you can see, them actually like wrap the head of another Ram. Um, yeah. It's just a great design. So that's what inspired the first one. Um, and it was really like, you know, you're taking it from nature uh, is what we did. You know, you can take it from, you know, an AI, you can take it from nature as we work on our new headset. Um, you know, actually one of the first approaches was let's go type it into Dolly and uh, Dolly 2 and see what comes up uh, as inspiration for a potential new headset. And how did you guys meet? With your uh, co-founder? Yeah, we met at a little hacker hacker type space, uh, open source biosensor company in New York in 2016. Um, And he was at the time working for Grubhub as like a team lead on their uh, corporate ordering system. So like their most profitable thing. Uh, He was like leading some of that software and he uh, chose to use his one day a week to do uh, Grubhub would let you like do your own thing once a week. Uh, which I think is a great idea. And he chose to uh, use that in the stipend to buy a headset from this company. And then that's also where I was working at the time. Uh, Cause after I left Boeing, I was like, all right, now what do I do? How do I get the experience? Right. Um, because I was reading dozens and dozens of research papers, books and everything, but you have to, at some point, like let the rubber meet the road. And that's where I met Alex was at the intersection of research and uh, you know, software Mm -hmm. and hardware and so i was making uh drivers for this hardware that worked in the web and i was like the first person to create like a javascript sdk for a for a brain computer interface and he used that because he really understood the web grubhub web-based company right yeah so he really understood that web was this democratizing technology from his background story of coming up in the dominican republic and not having access to console games, but having access to the internet mm. and seeing that the internet is this democratizing system. Mm. And so we knew that that was really the future of brain computing. And we both have always agreed on that. Wow. And so just, we collaborated for years. I ended up making a physical, my first physical hardware product was something that allowed this uh, biosensor to use Wi-Fi instead of Bluetooth. Mm. It just like slapped onto it. And he was one of the first people to use the drivers and give me feedback. And he'd say like, why does it take six functions to connect to the device? It should take one, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that type of feedback. And we just did that for years. Um, and then he uh, left Netflix and wanted to do this full time. Oh, he's in Netflix. Yeah, he moved to Netflix at that, uh, mm-hmm. in like 2016, I think, 2017. Mm-hmm.
2: So one thing that stood out to me is, so I found out about Founders, Inc. and, and ThirdWeb, I think in February of this year. Oh, nice. So I came by, visited the office back when this floor didn't exist yet. And Farza was playing with the headset. Later, I go on Twitter and I see him. He made a video. I forget exactly what the video was, but I remember looking at it and I was like, I don't know how this is like technically possible.
3: Mm -hmm. I I saw the video too. I know what you're talking about.
2: A few, I think maybe a month or two later. um, So I was in Dubai and I saw, I had just followed Aleem. Mm. He also made a video with the Neurosti headset. I think there were a couple of other people that made those videos. What does it look like to interact with the headset? Can you build software? Like, can I, if I'm interested, build software on top of it? Do I use your software? How does that work?
0: The whole goal here is really like to create an ecosystem that allows Alex and I to have Neurosity move at the speed of software to understand what it's going to take to create the best applications that derive the most value for our users. If that's the main objective, we wrote the uh, SDK and the API for this before we ever made the hardware. So we said, if we could make a brain-computer interface that was this easy to use, where it's just a couple lines of code to get data from it, securely authenticated. Uh, And then a lot of the processing's happening on the actual device so that as a client, I don't have to write that much processing code because that takes a ton of time to get right. So do it once, and now we can rapidly iterate on it. We created a SDK for it, you know, uh, and then I had the challenge of making hardware that could work on that, and that drove really the requirements of the first hardware. Uh, at least, like, the internal structure of it. So, yeah, there's a really easy-to-use um, JavaScript-based SDK that we use across all of our applications. So whether it's React Native or a web-based application, um, you know, it's really easy to import the Neurosity code uh, code base into your system. And there's no native drivers, so there's no Bluetooth, you know. Uh, you know. Well, I guess we're adding Bluetooth now. So, But really, there's no, like, native dependencies that you have to compile against or things like that it just works Uh, and that's really one of like the best things that we've done is uh, instead of having to put all of this effort into integrating a brain computer interface into an application spending weeks doing that and then working on the code that drives value to the user it takes minutes to add this to your web-based application and then the programmer is focusing on the you, on the value that's derived by the user. So hmm. very easy. If you can do JavaScript, you can write this code.
2: Would you say you guys are more B2B focused or retail right
3: now?
0: Um, definitely always consumer focused, consumer never focused. B2B. Uh, we tried going B2B in the beginning, uh, but the, for one, the sales lead times were too long, and you end up creating a device that's designed to meet the requirements of the purchaser, the business, instead of the consumer. And so we wanted this to be for people and the people are, and people are the ones using us at the end. So we stay very consumer focused um, because mm. it's, it's for people at the end, even if a business or a third party developer is what we call them now. uh, Instead of B2B, we call it like third party and uh, we do have third party developers developing on it, but they're still developing for consumers and their consumers are still using the Neurosity ecosystem as well. They're using the Neurosity app to onboard to maintain the device, to shift into focus, stuff like that. Uh, but then they're able to go over to the third-party application. We have OAuth, so they're able to then uh, connect their account uh, to the Neurosity and authorize that third-party application uh, to access the information coming from the crown. And boom, now all of a sudden you're good to go.
2: That's really cool. I feel like one of the hardest things with building a hardware product that's D2C is the marketing, Right. But what you guys have done is essentially solve that. And you didn't spend money on Facebook ads or anything. You just opened it up to the community to be able to build on top of it.
0: We certainly marketed in the beginning to um, people looking to design, you know, applications for brain-computer interfaces like Alex and I. Um, But what we ended up finding was eventually we were able to make products that were useful to people who weren't just programmers trying to make applications. But we definitely got our start. We owe a lot of our start. Um, to the people like Aleem uh, and Farza who were trying to make applications using this new uh, interface.
2: That's awesome. So one thing I was really interested in high school was there was this book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Hmm. Have you read it? I have not. So have in a lot of your research, have you done anything that's like very focus related from like a normal pers- perspective?
0: Elaborate a little more.
2: So for reference in Deep Work, the concept is how to get into like the flow state where you get the most output like in the quickest way possible so think of it like there's five rooms to get to room two you have to go through room one to get to room three you have to go through room two etc etc right and so what he talks about is how you can supercharge that and get to the fifth room of deep focus as fast as possible well i'm curious to know is is there a way for me to use this headset to get into that flow zone faster
0: definitely i mean that's the that's the main application that people are using it for um where if like uh, i had a customer um we're we're currently back ordered. Uh, it's hard to, it's been hard to meet demand for like three years now. Um, and one of them is like, you know, his crown broke and he's waiting for a new crown and he's, uh, you know, not as productive as of a programmer without it because what we've been able to create is this, uh, sy- systematic way to enter five. And that's really like the, the cool thing is not just you trying to understand what do you need to do to reach five, but we know what your brain looks like when you're in five. Uh, when you're in that level five, there's an increase of a particular brain wave. And so if your brain's not producing it right now, you put on our headset and you're listening to our music, our, our specially curated music, your brain will actually start to organize itself into that room, room level five. Wow. And in that organizational process, you actually feel the embodiment of feeling and flow. And the more you do it, the better you get at it and the faster you can get into it.
3: What's the best music for your flow state?
0: Uh, I really like the electronic music that we have. Um, and some of the cinematic music, uh, mm-hmm. but I tend to, um, lean on more of like a 128 beats per minute, uh, like house electronic type music. Whereas my co-founder likes post rock, alternative rock, uh, metal, stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. It's very person uh,
3: specific. What do you think yours would be?
2: I don't know, to be honest. Like I've been trying to focus on being able to get into a flow state without any music. Cause in the past I had to listen to lo-fi or I had to have like, you know, soundtracks from movies playing in the background and recently I've been trying to get away from that. Why? I don't know. I just don't like the idea of being dependent on a Spotify connection or even just dependent on an external source to be able to focus. Like I couldn't even read for a while without, mm. you know, having something playing in the background. And I think a large part of that is due to the overstimulation of being on social media all the time, right? Cuz you just get so much you get so many notifications bombarding you that it gets hard it gets harder for you to enter those like deep states because you're always getting like pulling yourself out of it with notifications from your phone. And one thing I noticed was you know along with cutting music, I was a lot more intentional with my use of social media. Like I wasn't on Instagram for uh, or actively for probably like six to eight months. Um, it wasn't on TikTok at all. Right. I was on Twitter, but only on my laptop. Um and I really started to, you know, I was able to start reading again. I stopped listening to music in the car. Right. Being able to spend more time in quiet. Hmm. And so I don't know what type of music I would like the most. Probably hmm.
3: something in lo fi, but is that common? Like as far as what you've seen?
0: What's common is that what works for you doesn't work for me. Mm. It's the most common thing that we find. So we have like a project going on right now with uh, some UC Berkeley students pick music based on your brain activity, uh, oh. right? So can we take a scan of 20 seconds of your brain and suggest the music that shifts you into that flow state? And then uh, what we really discovered through our research was like what works for you to maintain your flow state is unique to the person. And most of the time, you know what it is. Mm. Uh, If it's lo-fi beats or a movie soundtrack or silence, that's like unique to the person. Um, But what seems to be universal and overlap between people is like organizing the brain into the state and using a tool to organize the brain into that state. That seems to be a little bit more universal in that, uh, Brains will naturally want to synchronize to a stimulus, an outside stimulus. Mm. And instead of just synchronizing to something random, we have the brain synchronize to the same thing, the feeling of flow, essentially.
3: Can this help with like ADHD and even in, in kids and young students like to, to kind of build better habits and maybe even get away from, from taking drugs to fix those problems?
0: That's definitely uh, why I'm here, why I'm fighting for this. I mm-hmm. mean, as someone who's on Vivance this very moment, uh, I would love to be able to uh, have a future where I'm not dependent on stimulants to uh, be able to be productive. So um, it's starting to work in that way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm still on Vivance. I haven't been able to drop Vivance for, uh, you know, for this quite yet. Mm. Uh, I certainly have um, had a lot more benefits when I'm not on Vivance to be able to use it. Yeah. Like if I run out or something like that, uh, I'm able to re- lean on the headset a little bit more, but definitely that's our main objective or one of our main objectives is, you know, can we take down big Adderall? Can we take down big coffee? You know, can we go up against yeah. Starbucks and be like, you don't need Starbucks, you know, uh, we can use this instead, or maybe we can have these at Starbucks that people can, you know, instead of getting coffee, they're getting, you know, their fix of, uh, you know, organizing their brain right before they go to work and then go to work.
3: So you have like a personal tie to this as far as your motivation for starting this? For sure. I mean, I think what we're doing is like very
0: exciting personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, what we're working on right now, you know, trying to hack this, hack this flow state into this repeatability uh, is definitely deeply personal.
2: Yeah. If I have a headset and I want to build this like completely focused, optimized state, which, you know, to a lot of people, that probably sounds like terrifying or like not fun at all. But like for the sake of discussion, if I want my entire day to be like optimized, how would I be using the headset? Would it be on all the time? Would I be wearing it before I leave the house for a few minutes? What does that look like?
0: So I would just reframe that real quick into the opposite where you're not able to enter into a productive state where you're trying to be productive, but there's something that's not clicking. There's something that's just not happening where no matter what you do, you just can't get into the state where your your code is flowing out of you. Right. So uh, in that mindset, that's where like the first use case is where you would use it first thing in the day. And then all of a sudden you're unblocked and you're writing code for two hours. And it seems to be that focus has this momentum component to it, where as soon as you're starting to go, it's actually easier to sustain it. And Mm -hmm. you did two hours successfully this morning. It's going to be easier for you to jump into flow, uh, you know, at noon today when you go back into it. And you would use it at the onset of that. So really my ideal use time for this is for those people who are struggling to get into flow consistently, they use it at the onset of their time. And then once they're going, they're fine. These people, these programmers, for example, already know what they need to listen to in order to stay in flow. Yeah. Like they know they need to listen to silence and, and that can take them out of it. And in fact, when you're in flow and you get notifications, they don't even bother you. You can literally be like, shut up you know, and you you throw it to the side. And uh, when you're in flow, people can't take you, you know, it's hard to get out of it actually. And so that's really the state we want to push into. It's not like, how can we sustain this? Because that's so unique per person. But how can we, you know, guarantee that you enter into that state for at least five minutes to get you that momentum and get going? So really it's like use at the beginning of the day and use as needed throughout the day when you need that help transitioning into that state.
2: Does this help with insomnia or like with sleep? Because I've dealt with insomnia for like on and off for probably the last two, three years. Um, It's something that I, you know, finally, like I got over it, right? Just by fixing circadian rhythm, stuff like that. Um, But I have a lot of friends now. A lot of them seem to be founders, right? They just can't sleep at night. Same thing everyone has. Like you go to bed, your mind like starts racing. Does this help with that? We're
0: currently looking at like three different states. Uh, Focus, calm, and sleep. And call and sleep are really the next things that we're trying to attack. Um, and the research that we actually use for focus came from sleep in that they were using uh, this music to organize the brain, in, brain activity into a sleep state uh, and help you shift into sleep. And so that's really definitely one of the next things we want to be working on. Uh, right now, uh, it's not our current objective to help you fall asleep. Uh, but that's definitely something that we are considering working on in like the very near future. Mm.
2: So one thing that's interesting is you don't hear a lot of like the development cycles when it comes to a hardware product. How do you make those decisions in terms of like, okay, now we're going to work on you know focus states, and then later we'll work on common sleep states? Because it's not just you know pushing code; it's not just updating a React like a JavaScript file, right? You guys have actual development cycles.
0: Yeah, well, there's definitely a difference between the hardware and the software, and it seems like. Um, my job is to make the hardware, uh, a little future-proof in that, like we're scanning the entire brain. We're not just scanning a tiny section of it. That's like perfect for focus. We're scanning the entire brain. And what that allows us to do is, and developers too, is allows us to look at different parts of the brain activity. When you're scanning the entire brain, uh, you're able to work on a number of different applications based on what data you're capturing. Uh, after the stimulus, so you give the person a stimulus, and then you measure what the result is. And with whole head brain scanning, you can do that over a number of things, whether it's sleep, focus, or calm. So, really, the question we have when it comes to uh, like hardware iteration cycles is, how do we make this more accessible? How do we make it? And when I'm working on the next version of hardware, it's then you know how can I future proof this? So, the device that we made you know three years ago had you know. Uh, plenty of processing power. It has a quad core computer. It runs Linux. It has plenty of RAM. It has plenty of onboard storage. And now we're getting to a point where my programmers are running out of RAM. And so now I need on the next generation one. And so let's double up the RAM or let's triple up the RAM Mm. uh, so that they have more room to grow. Uh, And now we can have more applications locally running on, you know, inside the actual headset and more processing happening on the headset. And so that's really my main focus is like, how can I make something that's Technologically, way ahead. Like I put haptic motors into the device, knowing that we have no current application for haptic motors. But all of a sudden, now we are getting applications for haptics and being able to tap the person. And now we, we can give our developers the opportunity to use those haptics, right? So, and then that's through software. Um, and so from hardware, it's like you have to do something. Uh, you have to be you have to be seeing the future and say, okay, this is what they're going to need to program to for the next two years, right? And That's what I need to build in hardware.
2: What research did you do to figure out like, okay, these are all the features I need um, in the product to future-proof it?
0: It's a little bit easier than you would think because uh, we chose to just be obsessed with getting the best brain signal. We decided to not put like speakers into it. We decided to not hide this inside a pair of headphones uh, because then all of a sudden we're making audio stuff and people are so finicky, especially our target market is really, you know, they really like their headphones. They like their over-the-ear headphones or they like their AirPods. So what we said is let's let them use that, but let's actually uh, just focus on getting the best brain signal. And so that's really what's been driving our innovation is like, you know, how can we get better brain signal across different head types, right? So the next headset that we're working on has to fit all head shapes and hairstyles and be as intuitive to put on as like a pair of over-the-ear headphones.
3: I saw a tweet where you stuffed a bunch of snacks in the headset. Oh, yeah. And you used it as, as this is a good application for it also when you're traveling and you need to bring the headset. That's smart because that encourages people to travel with it because it has a dual use case. Yeah, yeah. We have a travel case with it that, that, you can per- that, that comes with the membership and, you know, you can put whatever you want inside yeah. of it. He, yeah. he put a bunch of like snack bars in it and it's like a good way to store the snack bars. Yeah,
0: so the snacks don't get crushed in my bag. Exactly.
3: Smart. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like, like yeah. you can't if you travel without the crown and and the case your snack bars are screwed too. Not only your your brain activity and your overall health, but the snack bars. So honestly, like what's more important here?
2: See, I think if you were if you had better tasting at Cliff the bars, those don't really crumble.
3: Those get squished. Yeah. Those yeah, get squished, squished while those. traveling. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Really future proof. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really future
3: proof. But really just going on on the brain activity you talked about, I saw you engaged with Sal Bloom's tweet about researchers studying the impact of meetings on our brains. Oh yeah. And and you kind of pointed out that it encouraged you to space out your Zoom meetings and you've already noticed better performance in meetings after a break than without a break. Can you just go more into that and how Crown is is solving this problem?
0: Yeah, so uh the Report that he used was using EEG, which is the same technology that empowers the crown to image your brain in real time. Yeah. Um, so the ability to take the study that he talked about, which was only on 14 people, right? It's like it's hard to, it's hard to drive uh, conclusive results across 14 people. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to do across 100, mm-hmm. right? And there is this statistical significance that you need to get to in order to be like, This is really happening in the brain. So definitely part of that tweet that I want is like, let's uh, duplicate this type of research Mm. uh, using the crown. You know, there's so many crown users now. It's like, hey, can we duplicate this? Uh, And maybe we can get a better understanding of how this uh, information, and maybe we can confirm what he see, you know, what that report was talking about. Um, But that report was essentially saying that your brain essentially warms up uh, during meetings and you need to let it cool down because if you just keep, Keep mm-hmm. it going, warm and warm and warm. It's going to burn out.
2: Have you done any research on the effects of having very low sleep consistently and like working?
0: Yeah, uh, the crown really taught me um, that I can't shift into focus when I'm tired. So the essentially what we're doing here is we're watching this gamma brainwave activity increase relatively in your head. When that happens, you're able to solve. You're able to go from like a standby state to a solving complex tasks, aka programming. And what we've seen like time and time again is uh, the crown's really good at identifying you're not able to do that increase, go sleep. And oftentimes that's like the big thing is like, especially later in the day, the amount of sleep that or the amount that you're able to increase this brain activity decreases. So in the morning it's easier and faster to shift into this state. Mm. And as the day goes on, it decreases. That could be different for a night owl, but, you know, for me personally, I've seen that.
2: And what about like the effects on food? One thing that's uh, interesting is, so for Muslims, there's a month of Ramadan, 30 days, we don't eat food or drink water from sunrise to sunset. And one thing that seems to be very common is it gets 10 times easier to focus throughout the day. And maybe that's just because you're not thinking about, oh, I can go get lunch or I can take breaks. But I'm curious to hear if there's any like scientific correlation with not eating and, you know, increased brain activity.
0: I'm not sure I would, I would, I would love to, you know, look into that further. It's a good question. Does fasting, does intermittent fasting, uh, you know, lead to, uh, an easier ability to increase the gamma activity in your head, uh, across the lobes of your head or your mm-hmm. brain is really the question that I would want to answer. Uh, you know, you would look at two different groups, one that's fasting, one that's not, and you would look at the, you know, the power that they're able to modulate, you know, are they able to modulate a higher power relatively? Um, are they able to modulate that power faster? Uh, you know, those
3: are some of the questions we would want to ask. I'd also be curious there with the diminishing returns, right? It's like 30 days, maybe it's good, like 60, 90, maybe at a certain point, right? It just you kind of just go back to normal or even start decreasing just like lack of sleep. Because like Kobe, Kobe Bryant was famous for sleeping three, four hours, and mm-hmm. that was enough for him. So it's like, it, it, I'm sure that's person to person, right? As far as how much sleep you actually need, and maybe some people need less, some people need a lot more, but you really can't know that, right? Unless you study it. Definitely, I mean, you're looking at
0: uh, objective data on how quickly you can get focused, right? So you can self-diagnose and say, hey, like the days that I don't get enough sleep, it's way harder for me to shift into focus versus the days that I get X number of hours of sleep, mm-hmm. right? So. Uh, it's better for me to get seven hours of sleep than it is for me to get six hours of sleep, and you mm. can start to understand those relationships mm. uh It definitely uh has to do on a per person basis there's a lot of like um when you're lying down uh horizontally, there's all this stuff that's happening with like uh fluid in your spine that's washing up inside your head, and there's all this like cleaning stuff that's happening we're finding out uh that like makes sleep really needed so you know, the speed at which that happens, this cleaning process happens, uh, definitely varies per person. Mm. Uh, and it's just something that, you know, we're still definitely
2: still studying. Yeah. Has anyone tried weightlifting with a headset on? Or the I'm crowd? not sure. So there's no research that you guys have done on, on the effects of working out and focus? Uh, not personally, no. So if you were to decide, okay, like now there is, you guys have the ability to, to shift and start focusing a little more on research. How would you personally go about doing that? Is there a team you would establish? Would you partner with like Google or what would that look like? Uh,
0: so luckily we're definitely getting to that point um, because the hardware uh, is the limiting factor in software here and the hardware is done, right? Like the hardware is in his hand. Yeah. Uh, for like most people, it works pretty well and we're able to image the brain. So now we're definitely getting into a point where we're able to do research. Um, we made our first neuroscience hire about a year ago. Um, our lead neuroscientist, Emily, who's got a PhD from uh, Yale and did her postdoc at U- UCSF. So she's been leading a lot of that. And we've actually started to allow people to opt in to um, when they're shifting into focus to upload their raw, their their unfiltered, their raw brain activity up to the cloud uh, so that we can use that to, you know, draw a long, you know, latitudinal understanding of what's happening across the brain, uh, you know, on individual people. And so definitely as the hardware solidifies, there's more and more opportunity. Like I, we've now been starting to apply for SBIR grants, um, you know, trying to you know, show that this is, you know, useful for uh, remote physiological monitoring for, you know, people who are in the army and are getting concussed, right? Can we, uh, you know, image the brain to understand how bad of a concussion you just got from mm. being next to a grenade that exploded Wow. Uh, you know, and how long do you need to take a rest for, uh, or if you're, you know, your kid got nailed, you know, in football practice or something, how bad did they get nailed? You know, how much should they skip tomorrow's practice? Cause if you get, you know, research is showing that if you get a, you know, hit really hard when you're in a concussed state, like it, it doesn't just double the damage. It like does way more damage. So uh, it would be um, amazing
3: for college and professional yeah. football, especially.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So definitely a lot of that you know and, and that research is happening but um it's all being done a lot of it's being done using eeg and since uh you know and i kind of call that the potential energy of eeg is that like people have been working on eeg for decades now but it's all in labs right so mm. it's not out in the field um and with our new bluetooth update that's coming out too it's like you can really use this crown and this device wherever you are uh whether you're on like a plane a train a car or just, you know, sitting at work, you can now use it wherever and start to understand and create like a bank of brain data for yourself. Mm. Um, You know, like almost like I'm going to deposit my brain data and we're going to make an analysis on it today. And then tomorrow you're going to upload, you know, you're going to bank your data again. And now you can start to see how that data changes. Just like how, you know, my Garmin watch is always tracking my heart rate when I work out, things like that. Yeah. And it's banking it. So like, we're going to keep banking this brain activity data. Uh, and then, you know, be able to do latitudinal understanding of it and how it changes. Mm.
2: So one last question before we get into like the rapid fire section, what's the (laughs) split in terms of software, hardware, marketing operations?
0: We really focus on organic growth right now. So, um, the way that we empower, uh, rapid feedback to Neurosity is we allow people really easily to subscribe or churn. Um, and we don't do active marketing. We want people to, we want to see that, uh, people are telling their friends about it versus us having to put ads in front of people. Because what we learned is that social proof is the biggest driver of conversions for us. Seeing that someone in your network is using it and is getting use out of it, uh, is a way bigger driver of signups than us saying, Hey, you know, work on your focus here. So, um, Definitely a lot of what we do is product-led growth. I think that's what I would call it. Um, So most of the teammates, most of the full-time people that we're working with are all software. Um, I'm still leading the hardware and I work with a lot of contractors, but where most of our payroll overhead is going is into neuroscientists and software um, because the hardware is at a state where it's solidified. Now it's like, let's double down and let's really work on the software part of it.
3: So that last order you guys got that you had to fly for, How did that, how did that come about? That came about from a third party developer. I I don't know how much you can talk about it
0: yet, Uh, but that came from a third party developer wanting to create an application for a larger company and wanting to be able to run studies at large, Mm. at scale. Let's put this on a hundred office workers. Let's put this on, you know, and observe what happens for three months. Like, let's give this to students who are studying. Right. And so it really came from that, this desire for large companies wanting to be able to get an understanding of what's the future of mental health. How can mm. we, you know, give our customers a better user experience, being able to leverage their, you know, their
3: brain activity and their cognitive abilities. And before we jump to rapid fire, I'm, I'm super curious. How did you find Founders Inc? Because you've been working on this for a while. Yeah, for Khan,
0: bought, a, bought uh, our dev kit one, our DK one. Organically. Very organically. Uh, And I was doing user research. And at the end of it, he was like, yeah, I write checks too, if you ever are interested. (laughs) (laughs) I called him back three weeks later. That's awesome.
2: So, yes, rapid fire questions. Um, What is the best advice you've ever received in terms of building and hardware?
0: Probably raise more than you think you need.
2: Hmm. Interesting. This is not rapid fire, but how did you guys go about raising?
0: How do we go about raising? I always think it was like very... uh, we, we don't have established networks and like the in crowd, I would like to think. Um, so a lot of it came from finding angel investors who, like for Khan, understood what we were doing here, the platform approach that we were sort of taking, the consumer centric approach we were taking, uh, and really being able to tell that story, uh, finding some micro VCs along the way, uh, teaming up with corporate venture capitalists who understand, you know, and want to see this integrated into theirs future, you know, pipeline to stay ahead and stay competitive. So, uh, it really was all about finding people who, you know, believed that Alex and I were a dynamic duo who could do something, mm. you know, successful here. Mm. Uh, and I ended up raising like eight angel rounds over four years. So, wow. uh, and some of those did have like VCs in them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, eight different ones in four years, I was raising every six months, uh, because I just wasn't, we weren't able to get, you know, get that institutional investment yet.
2: And then what's the worst advice you've ever received?
3: Probably, you shouldn't do hardware. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that makes
3: sense. <laughs> I, I've heard that before too. Like a lot of so, people say hardware is just so yeah. challenging. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would you do hardware? Yeah. You know? Yeah, even like we brought this up. And you started with you software. I, like usually people start with hardware, right? And then go to software. Yeah. Like that's such a I unique... I didn't want...
0: Yeah, I mean, I love hardware. Um, and I get great fulfillment out of building hardware.
3: But certainly, uh, half of computer engineering is software. Yeah. But there's a talent element to it, right? Like you have to be good to do this, and clearly you guys have established that that, you know, showing proof of concept and saying, "Hey, we're the guys to do this because we're we're talented and and we can tackle hardware."
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh so many people, so many investors say, "Don't do hardware. Why are you doing hardware? You should do software." Um are you have you thought about doing just software like, you yeah. know, have you thought about running this on other people's hardware? Um but Alex and I know what the future is. We know that there's a future where people are, have computers running on their heads that are driven by brain activity. Like, come on, that's the future. We yeah. all know that. Sci-fi knows it. If Sci-fi knows it. It's probably going to happen. Like, this is the inevitable future. So um, we know that that's going to be led by hardware. Uh, and we know that that hardware is going to have an operating system. You know, it's going to have, uh, you know, be able to do parallel processing. It's going to have Wi-Fi. It's going to have Bluetooth. It's going to have RAM. It's going to have batteries. Um, So we're just building that. You know, Mm -hmm. we're just building. We're skating to where the puck's going to go, you know, to to have a, you know, Canadian quote. Uh, You know, we're skating to where the puck's going to go, not skating to where it is right now. Mm.
2: What was the coolest piece of hardware you owned before the Crown? My MacBook Pro. (laughs) Definitely. Nice. Nice. Do you have a favorite book?
0: A favorite book? uh probably like the richest man in babylon Mm. that's Mm -hmm. a good one
2: like that what's the biggest mistake you made while building neurosity
0: trying to make an electrode Uh, what oh yeah fair uh trying to make the thing that actually touches the head and is like making contact with the scalp so um it's a material science problem like it's it's Mm. a very complex material science problem to be able to uh have like to start the pipe that the, the start of the pipeline of going from brain activity to computer starts with a sensor that's touching the head. And the most success we had was partnering with a company, mm-hmm. uh, like a large company that sees wearable sensing as a future business avenue mm-hmm. uh, and has invested, you know, teams into making an electrode, making something. So if you look at the crown uh, and you uh, take one of these off, so this is an electrode. It's this little rubber thing that actually... Uh, It's touching your head. It's tiny. And uh, we have different sizes for different hair styles. We have ones for bald people. We have ones for people with long hair, uh, like froze, whatever. Like uh, we can get it to fit Uh, and trying to come up with the material for that at the same time that we're trying to make the hardware Mm. was just like way too hard. Mm. Um, So really like we started to have a lot of success when we solidified the design of the electrode and then built the hardware around that. Um, It was just too many variables changing at the same time in order for us to be successful.
2: Mm. That makes sense. And the last question is, if you were someone that didn't go to school and didn't study robotics at all, how would you go about learning and getting into hardware?
0: I think school is really good for learning the fundamentals of hardware. And if you want to make something novel, you have to understand the fundamentals. So if you want to make something novel, it's going to be really hard to not go to school to acquire that knowledge, the fundamentals of electrons and things like that, that allow you to build hardware. But in the same vein that software developers don't have to go to school in order to be successful front-end developers or something, you can do the same thing with hardware. You can use what already exists, you can use the libraries that already exist, and you can use a lot of like the building blocks that already exist. So uh, I will go download some open source software that uh, like TICAD, K-I-C-A-D, that allows you to make your own printed circuit boards. Mm. There's Hello World versions of it where you can blink a light. Um, you know, there's a lot of designs that you can drop in. Um, there's reference designs. Like, you know, when you use a library and software, they go like, this is an example code. Well, they do the same thing with hardware. They go, this is an example design of how to integrate this chip. You need these resistors, these capacitors, this inductor. It needs to be laid out like this. You need to supply 3.3 volts to it. They just tell you how to do it, like the datasheet tells you how to do it, just like how the, repo, the open source repo tells you how to do it. Yeah. Um, and so you're not building something like you may not be fundamentally building something novel, but uh, you don't have to go to school to learn how to build, you know, basic hardware, um, you know, and you can certainly do a lot with Raspberry Pis and
3: Arduinos.
2: Mm. Awesome. Well, those are all my questions.
3: Yeah. So you're great at hardware. Okay. You're a fantastic. Student of the game, let's say. Perhaps. You have many talents, yeah? Many talents, yeah. Okay, so so we're gonna introduce another talent you have <laughs> live. Let's see how loud this can go. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just, we're just gonna do some rap genius here, right? Like, yeah, really yeah. analyze what's going on here. Because we were very impressed with this.
0: Been in it since twenty fifteen.
3: Oh, been in it for a minute. Twenty two. That's when I was born in nineteen ninety-two. That's when all this journey beginning. I never thought that I could be the biggest name. Is neurotech,
2: but now I I am, and now nothing but the same. And I'm going just shit right from the brain. And that's how we start the shit right from the brain. You see how we need everybody, needs to have a little Mm. Yeah, it was a
1: brain
3: activity, you made the syllables <laughs> longer, too.
2: Just
3: focus. like If you can't focus, you can't do shit. you can't
0: focus, you can't do shit. Focus, calm, sleep. He's getting technical. Wow.
3: It's getting technical. <laughs> was this
0: just off to the wrist? Did you flex? This is out of uh trying to raise my seed round. A lot of uh, internal, internal uh, feelings. You know, trying to raise that sea round, trying yeah. to tell the story, and tr- trying to understand uh, what do I need to do. You know,
2: mm. just trying to build something,
0: something, something. Can we get to that?
3: <laughs> yeah, this is so our favorite part. Of it. <laughs> War
0: on the factory workers. That's what I'm seeing it like. Factory workers got yeah. screwed. You know, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the, of the industrial revolution.
3: Go, ahead, go into that. Go into that. We're going right. to pause. This is rap genius, so you're going to have to talk yeah, yeah. about it. Yeah, I think, it I think
0: it. it's like uh, a lot of the industrial workers uh, didn't have any product protections okay. uh, in the beginning of it. Cause they yeah. were like, yo, we just need people to run the machines. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're looking at right now when it comes to programmers. It's mm. like, yo, we just need people to run the machines. You don't even need to go to college. Just come on over and program. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's no protections for them. There's no protections on that, uh. uh, on like how many hours you're allowed to work. What, you know, there's no unionization of it. Yeah. You know? So I think if you look in the future in a hundred years, yeah. we'll look back in time and say, like, Oh man, they were abusing
3: their brains. This is deep. We're going to keep… You stop this, right? When you want to… When you want to explain something. Again, this is like genius.
0: <laughs> the whole thing here is… Yeah, it's like… Uh, people are using cash as an incentive for you to work hard and break your back so you can, you know, bring home that, yeah. that money to your family. And, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing that's happening with programming right now. Yeah. Just break your back, break your neck, you know? You see people who are programming full-time and they like look like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like literally, it's back- back-breaking. Mm-hmm. So, that's what I'm talking about.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh That's a something. good part.
3: <laughs> that third something really hit me. It hit. When
0: you ooh. That was it. Honestly, that was it. That was, that was all we needed to hear. <laughs> this feels like a fever dream. Yeah, yeah. I thought you guys were gonna ask me to rap live. Well. All right, well, you
3: kind of jump in the gun here. Jumping a little bit, <laughs> but we do have something. So I'm gonna play a beat. Oh, you're gonna play a beat? All right. Play a beat. Get get into it, yeah. Mm. I might throw some ad libs in there if you need it. All right, but if you don't, go, just, just go off the dome. You, you tell me when you're ready. Metro! Metro! Mm. Oh, Metro oh. Boomin' Beat? Metro oh, Boomin' no. Beat. Look, sitting in the mic room with my three
1: homies, looking at the future like I know it, looking at the future like we know it. Can we see the future, can we build it? At think we gonna ship it Ship it Everybody get on the floor We gotta ship it right now So everybody get a computer We gotta type the code We gotta make it work We gotta get home so we can Get home and unwind Need that fine wine when i not walking on the weekend So I can unwind One <laughs> Looking at that money car one up Looking at the money going up Like I'm never gonna stop Like I'm there on the top Get your money up <laughs> Get your money up Get it, get it up Now you gotta go Cause you're never gonna stop I look at the clock And it's going by Now I need to get back And I put my crown on And I get focused And I get the beats Outside of my head Laying out the PCBs Laying out the PCBs Ordering all the parts And I'm battling the supply chain Like I'm a vet, Like I'm a warrior In the 13th century I'm battling the supply chain Trying to get everybody on my team Now I need the packages to arrive on time, so I can't get the crowns out the motherfucking door. Now I need to get the. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yo, what just happened?
3: If AJ Keller don't trust you, you better run. Ah, <laughs> that's how it ends. I don't know what just happened. Just a little rap. That was fire. That was fire. That was Flo He was in Flo He was in oh, flowsy. Yeah, exactly. Close his eyes, band. He's, he's right he in. into it. You gotta Locked get right in. into it. Woo! You are talented. When did, did did you like learn how to rap? Uh, well, clearly, I don't know. You got talent, you got talent, man. <laughs> uh, I just
0: think it's a, it's, it's like that's how fast my brain works. Damn. And yeah. it's nice to be able to like
3: talk that fast. Mm. I don't know if this. So if this um, hardware thing doesn't work out, you know, we, we know some music guys. We have some label connections. We'll I don't think out. they both can't happen. You know? Oh, because oh. wow. I think the hardware is gonna work out. So the rap could. Do. Can you make time for the rap? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. With those flow states he got with that crown on Because here's the thing. I haven't used a crown yet, but you might be better at this. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. uh,
0: I think there is a need for uh, like entrepreneurial rap. Yeah. You know, I think there is a need for that. I think that's a a market that that needs to be tapped into. You know, I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs who want to build in public, you know. So I think there does need to be a voice for that generation. So I I can do it. Love it. It's really hard to get those headsets, right? Like they're, they're very like backordered. They're very backordered. Yeah. But, uh, that's why I'm going up to Canada constantly is trying to, you know, get that and and beginning next year, we got a really good production rate going. So, uh, hopefully,
2: hopefully the, the wait's over, the wait's over soon. Is there a way for us to get one headset to give, to, to sell to someone normal price? If they listen to the podcast, the first person to click the link.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I could, I could, I could make that happen. Okay, first link in the description. Yes, sir. (laughs) Let's
2: go. Where can people find you on the internet?
0: Uh, So I'm at Andrew J. Keller on every social media, uh, andrewjkeller.com, all the same, really consistent. Um, And then Neurosity is n-e-u-r-o-s-i-t-y dot c-o, waiting on the com. Uh, You know, we'll get there one day. What's the SoundCloud? (laughs) Andrew Andrew J. Keller
2: Oh, he has
3: one We'll drop it We'll drop it We'll drop it it in there (laughs) We gotta turn I mean, we might even Start a SoundCloud for you So this freestyle Can live somewhere Hey,
0: yeah Upload upload, This is crazy uh, Yeah, upload it, man Make it happen Yeah We
2: got got the mics for it We got it Thanks everyone for watching This has been the most Unhinged episode We've ever filmed But it was amazing (laughs) Only because you took That off the hinge
3: Oh, he's he's still he's still in he's the mold. still
1: in the state.
0: I oh can't my stop. god! Yeah, I can't stop. Thanks so much for watching. If you like this, please leave a comment. Remember, if he don't Subscribe. trust you, you, better run. <laughs> Whatever that means. Peace. <laughs>